The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Bible, go ahead and open up to Luke chapter 2, and you should have received one of these when you came in. You can follow along with me this morning in the message, Luke chapter 2. Well, it's Christmas time, and as I was preparing for this message a couple weeks ago, I came across a picture that I think kind of summarizes <laughs> to me what Christmas can feel like sometimes to us this time of year, what this season can feel like. If you guys would, go ahead and put that up there on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody feel like that sometimes around Christmas, right? This is, this is what it can be like. Like, we're, that's us. We're dressed up. We got everything that we're supposed to have on, you know. We're holding on to the things we're supposed to be holding on to. You got the tree up in your house. You got the lights on your house. You're singing the songs. You're eating the food. But how many of you know sometimes you just ain't feeling it? Anybody relate to that? These guys are not feeling it. And sometimes it can feel that way. And you know that, that word that they're holding on to there, that word joy, that's a word that's synonymous with the Christmas story. Like joy, we see that all the time this time of year. We see it in signs, we see it in window displays, we hear it in songs. People have it in humongous 10-foot letters sometimes in their lawn. Like joy is something that is supposed to be on display this time of year. But how many of you know sometimes that's not the word that best describes what we feel like this time of year. I think a, a word that can sometimes exemplify what this season can feel like for us is the word overwhelmed. Anybody feel overwhelmed sometimes this time of year? I know me and Sarah, just this week, earlier this week, we had a conversation where we were talking about all of the things we got to do and all the things to end this year and to prepare for Christmas. And it just, it, sometimes it gets overwhelming. And if we're not careful, like the happiest time of the year can feel like the most stressful time of the year. And I don't know where you find yourself today. I don't know what maybe has you overwhelmed today, but maybe you're looking around at everybody else and everybody else seems to be doing great, or at least they look like they are, but you ain't feeling it. You're like those little kids. And maybe, maybe you're overwhelmed because your schedule's so busy. You're overwhelmed, you got a lot to do. All the kids' events and the work parties and the food to prepare and the presents to wrap and the presents to purchase got you feeling a little overwhelmed. Maybe you're overwhelmed right now because of your finances. You know, this time of year, we do a lot of spending, so the bank accounts get a little bit lower. The credit card bills get a little bit higher. Maybe there's people in your life that you want to give something to them, but you're just not making money like you'd like to, and so you, you're afraid. Maybe you find yourself in a place where you're concerned. Are you going to be able to give your family the Merry Christmas you want to give them? Maybe you find yourself overwhelmed in your finances. Maybe you're overwhelmed in your relationships. Maybe you've lost that loving feeling. Maybe they've lost that loving feeling. Maybe someone in your life is, is gone. Maybe they, they've left you this year. There's been a divorce or a separation. Maybe, maybe they're, they're gone because they've passed away. And this is your first Christmas without them. And you find yourself feeling a little overwhelmed with the loss of that person. Maybe a little overwhelmed with loneliness. Maybe you've suffered some kind of a letdown this year. Maybe there was a job you were going after, a promotion that you were chasing after didn't work out the way you wanted it to. Maybe the doctor gave you some news that feels very overwhelming. I don't know where you find yourself right now, but, but sometimes we can feel a little overwhelming. Now, now, here's what I want you to understand today. If you feel overwhelmed today, I want you to understand God wants you to feel overwhelmed. Now, hold on before you run with that too far. 
The thing is, God wants you to feel overwhelmed this Christmas. He just doesn't want you overwhelmed with the stuff that you're overwhelmed with. See, sometimes here's what happens. We get our underwhelms and our overwhelms in the backwards order. And we get underwhelmed by the stuff we should be overwhelmed by. And we're overwhelmed by stuff that we should be underwhelmed by. Maybe you find yourself today a little overwhelmed by fear and pressure and stress and loss and hurt. Those things are overwhelming you right now. Maybe today you're a little underwhelmed by the love of God and the faithfulness of God and the joy that God has for you and the grace that God offers you and the patience that God has for you. We get our underwhelms and our overwhelms backwards. And, and so here, here's the question. What if we could get that in the right order? What if we could become overwhelmed by the things God wants us to be overwhelmed by? What would that look like? And is that even possible? And I'm here to tell you today that not only is it possible, but because of Christmas, you can experience that. Because of Jesus. Here, here, I'll say it like this. Because of Jesus, we can experience a Christmas and a life overwhelmed by our incredible God. And that first Christmas, in Luke chapter 2, these angels show up to a bunch of shepherds. And in the, in, in the announcement that they make to these shepherds, there's three overwhelming statements that I think if we can grab a hold of what the, what the angels say here, it will help us to put our underwhelms and our overwhelms in the proper order and experience the kind of life that God has for you. Let's look at this together. Luke chapter 2. Starting in verse 8, it says this. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Everybody say, Great joy. You got a Bible with you, you're taking notes, write that down. Great joy, which will be to all. Everybody say, All. Be to all people. This great joy is for all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. Everybody say Savior. Savior. If you're taking notes, you've got a Bible, circle that, highlight that, write that down. Who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign of you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And there is suddenly, there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. So, so there was one angel, now the heavens are filled with angels. And they're saying this, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace. Everybody say peace. Peace, peace goodwill, torment. Circle, highlight that word, peace. There, there's three statements that the angels say that I believe can overwhelm your life and can help you to experience the kind of life God wants you to experience. If you're taking notes, here's my first point this morning. God wants to overwhelm you with his joy. This Christmas, and in your life, God wants to overwhelm you with his joy. Luke 2.10, look at what it says. It says, they bring good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. The angels showed up saying, listen, I got some good news for you. I got some great news for you that should fill you with joy. What's the great news? Here it is. God is on the scene. And, and the news that was true for those shepherds back 2,000 years ago is true for you today. God is on the scene. God wants to be a part of your life. He's here to be with you, to guide you, to lead you. And he showed up. And so here, here's, the, here's what you need to understand. We're taking notes, you can fill this in. Because God loves us, He came to be with us and for us. Because God loves us, He came to be with us and for us. 
And that news should overwhelm you with joy. And I'm here to tell you, if it doesn't, it's because you just don't fully understand what that means for you today. So I'm going to break this down for you. First of all, God loves you. If you want to experience the kind of joy that God has for you, you have to have an understanding of the incredible love that God offers you today. God loves you. The Apostle Paul talking about this in Ephesians chapter 3 said this. He was praying that, 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 that his, these followers, these people of the church of Ephesus would understand and come to understand and know the love of God. That he says that they would be rooted and grounded in it. That they would build their life on it. And then he says this in verse 18. He says, then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. A holy one is just someone who's made Jesus the Lord of their life. They've been made holy because of the work of Jesus Christ. The great magnitude, notice these words, the great magnitude of his astonishing love in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive. It's for everybody. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. You can't even wrap your mind around this love. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Wow. These verses are full of language that speaks to this amazing love of God. It's, it's astonishing love. It's, it's endless love. It's extravagant love. That's the kind of love that God has available to you. And it's available because of the Christmas story. And if we can really come to know it, it it's going gonna, it's gonna to fill you with joy. In fact, the, the most famous verse in the Bible is John 3, 16. You, you know this verse, I'm sure. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God loved us, so what did he do? He gave his son. So what you think about that. Think about this. If that being the case, that being true, Christmas is God saying to the world, whether you know God or not, I love you. Because he gave his son at Christmas. That's the message of Christmas. I love you. You. Turn to the verse beside say he's talking to you. So God loves us. And that should fill you with joy. Should fill your heart with joy. But God doesn't just love you. As great as that is, God doesn't just love you. Because he loves you, he came to be with you. He's with you today. In fact, one of the names of Jesus in, in Matthew chapter 1 is Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God is with us. So since God loves us, he came to be with us. But he didn't just come to kind of stand beside you and watch you. He came to be with you so that he could be for you. So God is not, he loves us, he's with us, and he's for us. And man, that is incredible, incredible news. I want you to know this morning, I don't know what kind of church background or what you may think about God today, but God is not here to punish you. He's not mad at you. He, he's not ashamed of you. He's not watching you, looking for an opportunity to knock you upside the head. That's not a good tidings of great joy message, is it? No, it's not. He came to, to, to love you and serve you. In fact, the Bible, Jesus said this in John three seventeen: God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save the world. He's not here to condemn you. He wants to save you. He wants to be a part of your life. He wants, he's so, he loves us. He's with us and he's for us. And Romans 8.31 says, if God is for us, who can stand against us? Okay, so let me just break this down for you a little bit more so you really get it, okay? God loves us, right? And since he loves us, he came to be with us. And since he's with us, we know that he's for us. And if he's for us, there's nothing that we face in life that we cannot walk in the victory over. There's nothing that you're up against that should overwhelm you. That should fill you up with overwhelming joy. 
Let me try to illustrate this for you so you get it a little bit better, okay? I have a 10-year-old son. His name is Gus. He goes to Deer Creek Elementary School over here. Proud of my little dude. He's awesome. Let's just say he's at school one day, and LeBron James shows up. Anybody ever heard of LeBron James? No one has heard of LeBron. Okay. Just making sure I'm... Okay. LeBron For those of you who don't know, because if you didn't raise your hands, he is a six foot eight basketball player who's an incredible athlete, has a 40-inch vertical, and is considered by many to be the best basketball player alive right now, probably top two of all time basketball player. I mean, incredible basketball player. So he shows up to play basketball with some of the 10-year-olds at my son's school. And let's just say that it works out where it's my son Gus and LeBron James versus five other 10-year-olds at his school. And these five other 10-year-olds, they're, they're pretty good little basketball players, okay? So the game's getting ready to start, and I see my son, and he's, he's got a look on his face. And you know this look. If you're a dad, you know your son. You can tell he's a little worried. So I go up to him, I'm like, buddy, what's going on? He's like, dad, I, I, have you seen those guys? Those guys, I know them. They're, they're pretty good at basketball. And there's more of them than there is of me. I, I just, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't think I want to play. I'm going to be like, buddy, it's going to be okay. LeBron James is on your team. I promise you, not only are you going to win, you are going to dominate that other team. Why? Here's why. Because the strength that is for you is far superior to the strength that's coming against you. You guys follow me this morning? Romans 8.31 says, if God is for you then who can stand against you? Let me just tell you, the God that is for you is far superior to LeBron James being on your basketball team. There is nothing that you face that is too big for him. There is no name that comes against you that is greater than the name of our God. God is for you, and that should fill you with overwhelming joy. Nothing you come against today is bigger than the God who is for you in your life. So look at this verse with me. Isaiah 61 verse 10. It says, I am overwhelmed with joy. That's what we're talking about, right? Being overwhelmed with joy. Well, I'm overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation. That means I'm saved. And he has draped me with the robe of righteousness. That means right standing with God. Here's how I interpret that verse. He put his uniform on me. And if I got the same uniform as God on, that means I'm on his team. And if I'm on his team, he's for me. And if he's for me, nothing can stand against me. And that should fill me with overwhelming joy. And here's the other thing. Anything that comes against me in opposition to that becomes very underwhelming when I'm rooted in the faith of the overwhelming God that I serve. Amen? Amen. If we can grab a hold of that reality, we're going to get our overwhelms and our underwhelms in the proper order. Here's number two. God wants to overwhelm you with his grace. Everybody say grace. God wants to overwhelm you with his grace. Look at the second statement the angels say in verse 11. Today in the city of David, that's also called Bethlehem, a Savior. They say Savior. Savior. A Savior has been born to you, and he is Christ the Lord. Jesus came to be your Savior, to bring salvation, to save you. Now, something you've got to understand about God. God is not a wasteful God. Like God doesn't just do stuff to do stuff. If God does something, it's for a reason. So if he sent Jesus to be our Savior, it means we needed a Savior. So you say, Pastor Josh, why do I need a Savior? Well, because of this thing called sin. 
You say, whoa, you guys talk about sin at this church? Yes, we do. And here's why I want to talk about it right now. Because in order for you to understand the grace of God, you need to understand what sin does to you. If you understand how good grace is, you've got to understand how bad sin is. Sin is a problem that we all deal with that Jesus came to fix. In fact, in Matthew chapter 1, when Joseph is visited by an angel in a dream and told about his son Jesus, this is Joseph, the father, the earthly father of Jesus, the angel says to him in verse 21, give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. In fact, that's what the name Jesus means. Jesus means to deliver or to rescue. Jesus came to deliver and rescue us from sin. So you say, well, Pastor Josh, what is sin? Like, what does that mean? Well, sin is actually, the biblical definition for sin is to miss the mark. It's actually an archery term of the day where, where someone would take a bow and an arrow and they would go out and they would aim at a target and they would shoot at a target, but they would miss the bullseye and they would say they sinned, they missed the mark. So that leads us to the next question. Well, what, what is the mark? Well, here's where it gets real interesting <laughs> because the mark is Perfection. Now, when God asks for perfection from us, it's not because God's just being difficult. It's because God is God. <laughs> like, you get that, right? He's God, so he's perfect. And so the requirement from him, from you, is perfection. Now, here's the problem. Ain't nobody perfect, are we? I mean, I can't even get a sentence out about per perfect, without, and it's not imperfect, right? I don't think ain't's a word. Maybe it is. We're in Oklahoma, so. But we're not perfect. We all make mistakes. In fact, the Bible tells us that. We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. And now here's the next problem for you. The, the, the problem, the, what we get for this, like you don't get on the naughty list and you just get a lump of coal when you don't live up to this standard of perfection. What you get is eternal separation from God in a place called hell. Okay, so that's the bad news. But this is where the good news comes in. The good news is grace. The good news is that Jesus came so that we could experience the grace of God. So that we could step into, because of Jesus, a grace. Is, see, here's what grace is. Grace is, is not you just not getting what you deserve. It's you getting something you don't deserve. Forgiveness of sin. Right standing with God. That's what Jesus makes available to us. See, if we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, what happens is we exchange our imperfection for his perfection. So what God did with Jesus is this. Since God required perfection, and since none of us could live up to that standard of perfection, God supplied what he required through his son, Jesus Christ. And that's what Christmas is all about. Jesus came. He didn't just come to be a baby. He didn't just come to live 33 years on this earth. In fact, if you know anything about the Christmas story, you see that it is wrapped in imagery that points to he was born to die. He was born with a destiny of dying for our sins. Jesus came to this earth as a gift, wrapped not in a you know, shiny paper with a bow, but wrapped in flesh. God became man. Wow. And he allowed that flesh to be ripped apart at the cross so that we could receive the gift of salvation. Because he went to the cross and died a sinner's death when he never sinned, we can receive through him forgiveness of sins. The Bible says it like this in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For God made Christ who never sinned, he never made a mistake a day in his life, 
to be the offering for our sin. God made that happen so that we might be made right with God through Christ. My friends, that's grace. You don't get what you deserve. You can, you can receive something from God. You can exchange your imperfection, your mistakes for His perfection and receive forgiveness and right standing with God. It's amazing. And God wants you to be overwhelmed with that. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says it like this. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. In other words, it's, it's not something you could do. Your best efforts are never going to be good enough because they're never perfect. But because of Jesus, we can experience perfection. It's a gift from God, not of works, so no man can boast. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says it like this. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you. There's that word again. Overwhelm you with every form of grace. So you will have more than enough of everything for every moment and every way. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. Wow. I heard it said like this, a little acronym for grace I heard one time. Grace is this. It's God's riches given to you at Christ's expense. Because of what Jesus has done, you can experience the riches of heaven, the riches of salvation, the riches of forgiveness because of the work of Jesus Christ. And God wants to overwhelm you with that reality of what grace is. And here's what happens. When we really come to terms with the grace of God for us, when the enemy comes against us and tries to speak to our past, to our mess-ups, to the things that we've done and say, that's who you are, we can say, no, it is by grace that I have been saved. It's not about my performance. It's about the performance of Jesus Christ on the cross. And because of him, I can stand before a holy God and be a holy one because my perfection, my imperfection has been exchanged for his perfection. Can I get an Amen. God wants to overwhelm you with His grace. Here's the third thing He wants to overwhelm you with in your life this Christmas. God wants to overwhelm you with His peace. His peace. You know, we live in a world right now where peace is kind of hard to come by sometimes, isn't it? There's a lot of junk going on. You, you, you turn on the news, you open up your computer, and you're going to see all sorts of stuff. There's hurricanes and earthquakes and fires and tension between countries and races and and religions and just all this stuff going on and 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 so it feels like peace is kind of at an all-time low and yet in in the message of christmas peace is something that's right there at the forefront of the message of christmas in fact the the multitude of heavenly hosts showed up in the heavens and they said this they said glory to god in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward men I want you to know today that the kingdom of God is a kingdom of peace. In fact, that's what uh, Romans 14, 17 tells us. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of peace. Jesus in Isaiah 9, 6 was called the Prince of Peace. In Hebrews 6, verse 10, it talks about Jesus and it says that he is a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. That word Melchizedek, or that name Melchizedek, means a king of peace. Before Jesus uh, went to heaven, after he died on the cross and rose from the dead, he was with his disciples and he gave them a message that's true for us today. He said this in John 14, 27. He says, I'm giving you the gift of peace. The kind of peace, look at this, that only I can give you. There is a peace that God offers you that's only available through Jesus Christ. And I want you to know this morning, if you're a Christian, if you've made your life, you've set your life in Jesus Christ today, and you're not experiencing the peace of God, if you're overwhelmed with fear, and oppression and depression, you're not experiencing a gift that Jesus makes available to you and He wants you to have. 
So, so what's the difference between this godly peace and the worldly peace? Well, godly peace is, is internal. And it's, it's, it sustains you. And it's trans-circumstantial. It's not based on your circumstances. Amen. It's based on the presence of God and the, the peace of God that just is within you. It, it's, it's a peace that's easy to come by and it's hard to lose. That's the peace God wants you to have. The world offers us a fragile peace. You know, the world's peace is hard to come by and easy to lose. It's based on our circumstances. It's based on everything, all the boxes being checked and everything going just the way it's supposed to. How many know that's a hard peace to come by? God doesn't want you to experience that kind of peace. He has a peace for you that he wants you to be rooted in, grounded in, that you live your life from. And here's what happens. Because you're experiencing this peace in you, you're able to share this peace with the world. And that's so important because why? The world needs peace. One of the greatest needs of this world is peace on earth. The world is looking for peace, and we can be bearers of peace. We can be people who are overwhelmed by peace in such a way that we overwhelm the world with the peace that overwhelms us. That's what God wants to do in your life. So here's what happens. You come to know God. You experience the grace of God, and now you have peace with God. You know you're right with God. You, you, you know your sins are forgiven. You know that your eternity is is secure because of Jesus. So you have a peace with God. Now out of that, you can have peace from God. It's an internal peace that lives inside of you, that sustains you. The Bible talks about it in Colossians 3.15. It says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. It's internal. It's not based on everything being perfect. It's based on the perfection of your God within you, helping you, leading and guiding you through life. God wants that for you. In fact, did you know in the Bible, there's over 790 verses talk about the peace of God. You know what that tells me? God has a verse for every problem. And he wants to overwhelm every problem you have with peace. So, so we experience peace with God. Because of that, we can have peace from God. And out of that, we can have the peace of God to share with the world. And we become peacemakers. We become people who carry peace into the world. And we overwhelm the world with peace that overwhelms us. Philippians 4, 7 says this, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Here's here's how I read that. It overwhelms my logic. It's more than I can comprehend with with my mind. This is a peace of God. Will guard your heart and your minds. Now, how do we get this? In Christ Jesus. It's available because of Christmas. It's available because of Jesus. God wants you to be filled with peace. You saw church... God wants to overwhelm you this Christmas. He wants you to step into a life where you get your overwhelms and underwhelms in the proper order. Where you become overwhelmed with the amazing love of God so that you know God is with you and God is for you. Because of that, you're filled with joy, overwhelming joy that overwhelms anything that would try to steal that joy away from you. God wants to overwhelm you with peace. Peace that's that's tra- that, that, that just settles in your heart and carries you through life. Peace that's beyond your circumstances. And God wants to overwhelm you with his grace. So when the enemy comes against you and tells you you're a loser, you'll never amount to anything, you've made too many mistakes, you can look at the grace of God and say, it's not based on my performance, it's based on his. And I've put my life in his hands, so I am forgiven, I am made righteous, And I can stand before a holy God, made holy because of the work of Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?
What is the Holy Spirit saying to you today in this message? I believe God wants you to know today that he loves you. In fact, as I was preparing for this message, I just felt like the Lord was speaking to me. Some of you are here today and God knew you were going to be here today. In fact, he knew you were going to be here before you were alive. From the beginning of time, God knew this day was going to take place. And that you were going to be sitting in that seat, in this room, on this day. And God knows you. For some of you, that feels a little scared. God knows your mistakes. He knows your mess-ups. He knows your hurts. He knows everything. But I want you to know this. He knows all that. And he loves you. He loves you. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for you at your absolute worst. That's how much he loves you. Christmas is God's message to you that says, I love you. I love you, so I gave you my son. And through him, you can experience eternal life. And maybe, I don't know what, how many Christmases you've experienced in this world probably gotten a lot of presents at Christmas time, but maybe, maybe you've never received the greatest gift of Christmas, the, the gift that Jesus came to offer you, the gift of salvation. If you haven't, I pray today that you'd make that decision. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And it's real simple. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, then you can be saved. So all you have to do is pray a prayer and believe it and agree with the words that we're going to say and you step into salvation and begin to take the steps towards walking in everything that God has for you. So if that's you today, I want to pray for you. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you want to today, maybe you want to dedicate your life to Jesus. You want to make Jesus the Lord of your life for the first time today. Or maybe today you feel like you're a little far from God. Your relationship with God is not where it should be, but you want to get it right. If that's you today, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And church, since we're all in agreement, we're all going to pray this prayer together. So let's say this together. Say it loud and proud like you mean. Say, Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I confess that I am a sinner. I need a Savior. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead so that I could be raised to new life. I give you my life. I give you my past. I give you my present. I give you my future. I give you my all. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, let's give him a hand this morning. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, Go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.